This is podcast 011, possibly? Yes, it's 011. And there's a zero in front of it because one day we're going to have a hundred. So we always have to say zero <laughs> something. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Runa, do you have something to add? This is classic. Always with the Runas. Okay. So, Ryan, today you're going to be telling us about Jeff Bezos. Good old Jeffrey P. Yeah. That's Jeff right. P. Bezos. So, where do you want to start? Well, we could start with his childhood. He was a curious child. <laughs> his father left home at an early age, and then his stepfather adopted him when he was four years old. And that's where the name Bezos comes from. He used to have a different yeah. name. In fact, his biological father never realized that his son had started Amazon until much later. Specifically really? because he forgot the name Bezos. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> it is funny, actually. <laughs> funny fact. Yeah. Anyway, so he was very curious, and he talked about space a lot in high school, and he went to uh, Princeton for physics and computer engineering, and he said of his time there that he realized he wasn't smart enough to do physics at Princeton. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so he, that's what he's liked, but he wasn't smart enough to do it. Basically, but he was still an extremely smart guy. He just, you know... Uh, apparently it was the quantum physics that they were doing that really wasn't up his alley. Interesting. Yeah. So then he started working for a hedge fund on Wall Street. And he was there for four years. He became the fourth in line VP. But even though he was paid very well there, he, you know, he wanted more. And <laughs> the internet was an allure. His curiosity he, yes. got the best the of internet, him, eh? He couldn't resist. He wanted in on the internet bubble. And so... You know, he thought about uh, an online bookstore. That was his first idea. That that was what he wanted to create. And he considered starting it and founding it on an Indian reservation so that he could avoid sales tax. Wow. But later decided on Seattle, where it actually was founded and is headquartered. Um, interestingly, though, Amazon still doesn't pay sales tax, so he figured he could live in Seattle and still get away with that. Um, was he an avid reader? Like, was it a bookstore just based purely on opportunity or because of his love for books? It was opportunity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he always planned on expanding beyond books. He just thought books would be the quickest way in, and, um, you know, he could he could really see that as the timeline that worked out. You know, it's convenient, and they got a lot of praise in the early years for, like, you know, overseas soldiers getting books that they couldn't otherwise get, and, you know, they had a good Aww. thing going. People were really happy. And yeah, some of the early executives at the company, they were like, you know, they were they were thinking they were the quirky internet bookstore. You know what I mean? Like an independent bookshop, but on yeah. the web, digital. Yeah. And they thought they were fighting against the man and providing a good service because they were it's taking funny. down the, bu <laughs> the bully publishers. Yeah. yeah apparently, the, the chairman of Barnes & Nobles had a meeting with Jeff Bezos and said that he would crush Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now. So yeah, they were they were really rallying against that in the early years. But um, very quickly, he expanded to other media like DVDs and then tools, hardware and such. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm hmm. Yeah. So he was only thirty when it started, and just to go back, I wanted to say that it was originally going to be called Cadabra, or 
uh, relentless. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best. No, names. I'm uh, happy with what they settled on. Yeah, and apparently that was because of the exotic allure, and also that it represented like a grand, mighty river, and Amazon was also going to be a grand, big mighty thing. thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and again, like a lot of people doubted him in the beginning. There was a lot of naysayers, and he pitched Amazon to investors and shareholders as you know a 70 percent chance that they would lose money for years and years before ever turning a profit oh wow so he yeah he was basically saying to them like we're gonna take over but you have to play a really long game okay and what year did it was it founded that was in 94 okay Mm -hmm. yeah so Basically, he did a lot of smart things at the beginning. He took the company public early because he thought everyone was going to buy in on it. It was a great idea, and he was right. They got a lot of money from that at the at the beginning. And, you know, he really trusted in people wanting a convenient shopping retail method, which is at the whole name of the game with that. And he wanted to um, provide really good customer service. So the people who defend Jeff Bezos about unsafe working conditions in the facilities, they always seem to circle back to customer service being Amazon's number one priority and that the customer is who they live and die by. So is there a defense <laughs> that it's all worth it because the customer is most important? Is your Makes def- you think, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm confused about how that's a defense, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and like... You know, Jeff Bezos is supposedly this happy-go-lucky guy. He's kind of goofy. He, like, leads through silliness and curiosity. But a lot of people also called him out for, like, totally humiliating employees and stuff in front of everyone and just going on tirades. But you hear that from every CEO, really. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Yeah, so... When they went public, that was in 1997, I believe, and they filed with the SEC stating that they had 16 million in revenue and 180K in customers around the world. So at that point, they weren't nothing, but... They were next to nothing. Yeah. But then they started... (laughs) They weren't something. But then they started to do really well. At some point, they acquired IMDB, which I did not know, but... Mm. Must have had something to do with them selling DVDs and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 1999, Jeff Bezos is named Time Person of the Year. Oh, wow. And That's Am- not that very many no, years later. It's quick. And Amazon's doing very well. They're r- rapidly expanding. They're taking over the market. And many independent bookstores are beginning to suffer. <laughs> wow. So the thing that a lot of people believed in kind of became the enemy at the end. However, um, there was a big crash. One day when Jeff Bezos was 36, he lost a billion dollars. Ooh. <laughs> Amazon's stock crashed 20% in a single day. Why? It was part of the dot-com bubble that burst. Basically, there was excessive speculation on Wall Street for all these um, dot-com internet sites that were supposedly going to revolutionize the game. So Amazon was going to revolutionize retail, but there was mm-hmm. other ones like pet supplies and stuff pets.com yeah there's a lot of sites like that and anyway many of them turned out to have like unstable business models and they were never going anywhere oh so but, he suffered the consequence yeah. of their mm-hmm. maybe poor management or whatever yeah and he basically laughed it off saying that amazon stock had also gone up in 20 percent in a day so it's no problem but 
their stock would continue to tumble for two years, Ooh. and Amazon lost 90% of its value. They were extremely wow. close to going bankrupt at one point. That is so weird because you think that, like, knowing how Amazon is today, that when it started to go up, it would you just thought it would keep going mm-hmm. up and up and up mm-hmm. and up and up. I didn't realize it was such a roller coaster. Yeah, this crash almost wiped them out, and there was only really two things that saved them. One being that they had a new chief finance, financial officer, um, Warren, who was his name, Warren Jepson or Jefferson. But basically, he was worried that uh, they wouldn't be able to stay ahead of the cash conversion cycle, which is basically like, you know, um, he was nervous that suppliers might ask to be paid more quickly for the products that Amazon sold. And they needed that to stay ahead of that, to, to get in the revenue, to pay for those expenses and to just to be on top of that cycle. So he was worried they were going to lose a ton of money on that. So what they did was they went overseas and they got a bunch of European investors to buy like overseas stock bonds in Amazon. They sold like 672 million worth. So it was that cash injection to stay ahead of the cash conversion cycle, which basically saved them. They had enough money to get through. Got that cash infusion at the exact moment they needed it. And that helped them kind of survive. And also, Jeff Bezos laid off 14% and closed all, well, closed some facilities. Okay, so just to review, in 1999, he was Times Person of the Year. And then that a year later, it started crashing. That seems like pretty bad timing for him. Yeah, he was 36. Okay, and that was 2000. And then by like 2002, they kind of had it Yeah, they kept settled. tumbling. No, well... At the end of 2002, but for two years, they would keep losing stock and their value went down 90%. Like, it was so close to being bankrupt for them. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they they nearly squeaked through on that. And it was a lot of that had to do with still the customer service that they were really repping um, because people did believe in Amazon and they weren't just a pets.com, like pet supplier, like. They, they were able to expand already before that bubble to other markets, and that helped them to survive. Um, that's good. And then they came out with Amazon Marketplace, which uh, was basically a way for, Amazon, for other people to sell on Amazon, and Amazon would fulfill the orders with their existing distribution pipeline. Okay, so the Amazon Marketplace, how is that any different than like the books that they were doing in 1994? Like, What's the difference now? Well, now it's like, businesses who are already trying to sell things online, e-commerce businesses that maybe don't have like a market or can't find an audience, they can post their stuff on Amazon and Amazon will fulfill the orders. Okay, so or like protect really the orders. Yeah. Their... Yeah, hugely, hugely. Yeah. It became an extremely profitable division. Like Amazon probably wouldn't be what it is today without that. Okay. Um and that was like 2002 is that when you said that happened or when when did this marketplace um yeah so with amazon marketplace it started in 2000 so that was the same year as the crash and they were already you know looking to diversify so that's one of the reasons they were like still successful and could survive and then amazon prime came in 2005 and they started really delivering things very very fast they started to kind of take over that market amazon prime yeah kindle 2007 um, the Kindle was named in like the Time Top 100 magazine, or Jeff Bezos was mentioned in it specifically because of Kindle, something oh, like that, because yeah. it really revolutionized the market in terms of e-literature. 
And then the really big one that I want to mention, though, is Amazon Web Services. This has become their most profitable division, and it's their least human division. Okay, so what are web services? So for Amazon, that means uh, storing people's data and giving them processing power. Okay, so like, what does that look like, and why is Amazon in this business? Like, why are they not just selling me things I need for my kitchen? Well, they got into cloud computing because that was um, extremely profitable again. Like, I mean, Jeff Bezos is a smart guy. He got in on the internet when it was smart, and then he got in on cloud software and storing things in the cloud, extra processing power across the web. Um, You know what I mean? Like, sometimes websites go down because their servers are overloaded. Well, Amazon has so many and they're so powerful and and, um, advanced that they can handle a ton of traffic. So some companies are paying Amazon to host their web activity. Exactly. And in 2013, they signed a $600 million contract with the CIA to do just that. That's very interesting. So my question is, why does the CIA need Amazon help to do that like does does the government not have their own like secret secure server in like an undisclosed location you would think but actually the government is mostly like i don't know broke to that you can say like there's not a ton of funding for technology you would never call the cia a technology company they're an espionage agency and yes they use computers but they didn't they don't make computers you know what i mean they're not microsoft So they can't, um, basically, everything went much, much quicker than the CIA could adapt to it. Like, they were great in the 60s, but then all of a sudden they have, like, old computers and Edward Snowden's criticizing them for having lackluster security and basically shitty software. Amazon can alleviate that for them and has been doing that. Okay, so Amazon has this just like giant warehouse where they have all these servers where all the CIA information goes to that. 100%. Seems like, okay, is there anything really (laughs) wrong with that? Like, I don't know. The information, I guess, has to go somewhere. Like, if it's not Amazon, it's just going to be like a different web software. If it's not Amazon, it's just going to be a different like web company that's Mm -hmm. hosting that information because the CIA is not doing it themselves. It would be Google or somebody else or whoever, but it is Amazon. It's weird because like when you think of Amazon, you definitely think of it more as a store. Whereas when you think of Google, you're thinking of that more as like whatever, mm-hmm. like more of like the internet. So it would make more sense to me if you were telling me that Google is doing that for the CIA versus Amazon. I feel like that's like, yeah, it's literally just like a shop. So And that's why it's everyone, it is. And everyone needs to start rethinking Amazon because, again, this is their most profitable division. They are much more than just an online retailer. Like, I mean, it's not just the CIA. So the CIA is paying them back. They have Department of Defense contracts. They are doing things for the military. And is there anything, like, wrong with this? Well, it depends on who you ask. But, like, you said it already. The CIA was going to have to do that with somebody. You know what I mean? hmm So, I don't know, like, Nobody really knows their intentions, but I would I would suggest their intentions are to um, 
continue accumulating everyone's data because Amazon Web Services also started by selling people's data, just like Google. Like they would sell recommendations and likes and browsing history and whatever like that. Um, okay, but well maybe there's a possibility Amazon's not looking at the CIA's data. Like how do you know that in the contract it didn't say like you can't have access to this data? We'll pay you like millions of dollars to do this but you can't have access to the data like maybe it's just a totally fair agreement and there's no shady things happening on either side well it's possible it's entirely possible i couldn't say otherwise but i would like to note that two months after the amazon deal ed snowden leaked all the cia documents okay what does that tell you like how is like what? i think that he didn't like what was um going on okay so he thought the move was was yeah. slightly sketchy. Well, and, and by CIA, I do mean specifically um, the NSA documents. He was a CIA contractor, but I think all the documents were NSA. So it wasn't quite the same thing, but um, he didn't like what they were doing, didn't like that they were lying about it. And then also they were quickly getting smart on how to protect other people from finding out about that. Like Amazon would be a lot harder to hack or steal documents from or leak activity from than the bad CIA and NSA software that he was criticizing. Okay, so the, what do you think would happen if you got Edward Snowden and Jeff Bezos in a room together? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would. <laughs> something tells me they both want to be the one talking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I don't know if they are. They would vibe very well, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and I want to get to this later, but um, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have a lot of beef with each other as well. Actually, oh. yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, all right. So continuing on this Amazon journey, what happens next? Okay, so yeah, after the CIA contract, you know, Amazon begin begins ramping up hugely, and 2013 was the year that he bought the Washington Post for 250 million dollars. So it was a very very big year for him and. You know, that might be problematic um, in some senses, but so far it seems like he's been really hands-off and he hasn't really done any changes or imposed any editorial control. And they started a facial recognition division called Recognition, with a K. Uh, and that was, <laughs> that was in 2016. And in 2016, Bezos sold slightly more than 1 million shares in the company for $671 million. All right. And then he did that again the next year for $756 million. And then in the most recent years, he sold a billion dollars worth of his Amazon stock every year. Wow. All of it to fund Blue Origin. Ooh, okay. Well, that's exciting. And, you know, Blue Origin has been largely secretive for their entire um, life. And they've always kind of been in the shadow of SpaceX, much to Bezos' chagrin. Okay, so Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos' version of SpaceX, a different privatization. It's like privatized space thing, same as that whole SpaceX thing, which also, if you don't know, go listen to our Elon Musk <laughs> <Yes>. SpaceX episode <laughs> where I explain all that. Exactly. Okay, so it's the same like line as SpaceX, but they're just like a few years behind. Yeah, and a lot of people, like um, Elon Musk himself, have basically said that, you know, this is the worst of the rocket companies, and it's exactly because they're a few years behind. Like, that's where all the kind of problems start. So even though Blue Origin was actually funded in 2000, the same year that he lost a billion dollars in Amazon stock, or mm. Amazon share value, mm -hmm. he also started Blue Origin that year and bought land in Texas to, like, create rocket parts. 
So this has been his goal for a very long time, considering they're already behind. Absolutely. Because Elon Musk didn't start it, his in 2000, so that's... Yeah, they started slow earlier than SpaceX, which is a little-known fact. But um, Bezos has had his eye on space for a long time. And just like he said, Amazon was a long game, and he was completely right, and he won the long game and took over the internet. He, too, thinks he's playing the long space game and will, like, you know, really make an impact on human future in space well sometimes that definitely does happen with companies because you need like spacex is the one like someone has to be at the front but they're figuring out everything right now and then all the other companies can kind of use the information spacex has already determined at this point and like get ahead faster right so i don't know it was more than possible in my opinion yeah that's exactly right so um I feel like a big difference between those companies is like Elon Musk is doing a lot of like Elon Musk has the knowledge to also be a lot of the brains behind SpaceX. But like you said, Jeff Bezos was realized that he couldn't really study that in school. So he obviously doesn't have like he has an inherent desire to go to space and explore, but he doesn't really have the knowledge. So do you know anything about Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could speak to that. Okay. (laughs) The two things I learned when I was reading about Jeff Bezos was that he was extremely good and is extremely good at surrounding himself with smart people. So everyone that he had as executives at Amazon were in their own ways, like different industries, but very, very smart people. So he's really good at that in the same way that Steve Jobs can't really code, but he knows how to hire all the smartest people to do the best work. You know what I mean? So he's always had that, and he still has that at Blue Origin. Um, He put a CEO in charge who has spent like 20 years at Honeywell Aeronautics, and actually what happened was they've kind of had a a bit of a public spat because um, Bezos thought they would have a rocket done in time. The other guy said it was completely not possible. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, a couple of times um, Jeff Bezos has said unrealistic timelines for his rockets to be done like similar to when he was at amazon and he he demanded one day shipping and then they got it but it's not really (laughs) the case in in rocket science no basically they had one and um well actually the first thing he said is that he was going to get humans in commercial flights for uh 2018 he was going to have humans flying in 20 in 2016 he said that they would be flying in 2017 with humans and then he said in 2018 that they would have um, the commercial flights going so people could buy tickets to go into like zero gravity, low Earth orbit. So unless Amazon starts selling the parts they need for rockets with one day shipping, that's like not going to happen. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And you know, people have made that joke, but they actually ship the rocket parts from Texas um, all the way to Florida for launches. And because they build them in Texas, but then they launch them in Florida. Okay, so what has Blue Origin actually accomplished? Very as a, Okay. <laughs> they ha- they have never put a payload into space. They never put a human into space. But they have successfully done some rocket launches and then landings again. Because the key thing for these new companies is to reuse yeah. parts that can land yeah. again. And yeah, Elon Musk is like way ahead on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, they've recently got a very very important contract with NASA. Blue Origin does um, for them two things. They're testing like microgravity technology but then also uh, potentially they're gonna do the landers for the next moon mission and nasa is hoping to put people on the moon to put landers on the moon for 2024 and people on the moon again in 2028 
which honestly they need to do because there's too many people that believe that we haven't gone. So they <laughs> might as well, we have to go now, spend the money, and just prove it. <laughs> They'll probably still say that okay, the so technology didn't exist back then, but it does now. They're hoping to be a player in the game in this like next upcoming couple, two to six years. Yes, they're hoping to be a player. He's playing the long game. Jeff Bezos has publicly stated his intentions for space are um, to build, like, colonies out there. Like, not in his lifetime, but he wants to build the highway to space where he imagines we will be living in colonies above the Earth. And um, most of the resources will be mined from space and not from Earth. So Earth will be protected and it will only be used for, like, light industrial or, sorry, light residential traffic, he called it. Oh, Okay. So we'll all just so be hovering above. We'll, we'll be hovering above the Earth, and the Earth will be like a perfect sanctuary that isn't mined for its resources. And then all the trucking and shipping and like of supplies is going to come from asteroids far out. Okay, well, seems like a fine plan if it. He specifically works. says Plan B is to make sure Plan A works, and Plan A is Earth. Whereas Elon Musk is like, we need a Plan B, Mars. Right. Right. So they have disagreements. Jeff those Bezos two. wants to stay close to home. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and they're actually having beef right now because Elon Musk is trying to do an internet satellite link up to give more people internet with satellites, and then Jeff Bezos is trying trying to do Project Kuiper, which is to give internet to everyone on Earth through satellites, and they're conflicting over whose satellites should get to go into low Earth orbit for this project. And Elon Musk says, well, we actually have satellites and we're doing it already. And you're just yeah. coming along down the road and trying to boot us I up. I feel like if you already have satellites, you <laughs> automatically win that argument. But... Which is what he said about Blue Origin this whole time. He's been saying like, Jeff Bezos who? In interviews, he's been saying like... Um, Jeff Bezos is the guy Blue who's Origins. richer than you, Elon Musk. <laughs> That's so, true, like, but they're the, two, <laughs> they're the two richest guys. Actually, I don't even remember because they like seem to switch every other day. I think right now it's... Bezos with 181 million, but I could be wrong. As of recording, not million, billion, 181 billion net worth. My mistake. Jeez, so, every Joe Blow slip has of the tongue. 181 <laughs> million. <laughs> yes, um, but honestly, quite frankly, both companies are probably going to be big players. Just like you know, Apple TV and Disney came late to the streaming game, and maybe SpaceX is Netflix, but they're all doing well. So, whose rocket would you get in? Oh well, interestingly, Jeff Bezos said. For the 2017 or 2018 commercial flights with human civilians, he said, don't worry, we're going to fly a lot without humans first. And by the time you get on, you'd be feeling safe enough that you would take your mother with you, which is almost an odd quote. How, how often can you, <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. And considering he said that, like, within one year of him wanting to be flying people around, like, no, I don't give one year of this testing mm-hmm. to He's get saying it a year in advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A year is not eh? enough time for me to feel comfortable. Well, they still haven't done it, and it's 2021 now. No commercial flights for Blue Origin. So does that leave your answer with SpaceX? You would get on the SpaceX rocket? Well, SpaceX has had a, a couple explosions. Blue Origin hasn't They've had yet. no explosions. <laughs> explosions, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, Tesla's okay, self, so. self-driving cars have also crashed. So I don't know. I think, you know what, progress slowly, And which, by the way, the Blue Origin motto is like graditum ferocite, which means step-by-step step ferociously, and everyone thinks it's so great. <laughs> it's very Jeff Bezos. Very Jeff Bezos. Well, I mean, like you said, he played the long game with Amazon, and now, I mean, like I love Amazon, so it worked. So yeah, maybe he, this he will work. Yeah, he knew what he was doing there, and then 
kind of the question that remains now is like, okay, well, he stepped down as CEO of Amazon, which came as a surprise to some people, not to everyone. People who were watching him sell or uh, sell his stocks for a billion dollars a year knew that he was investing yeah. in Blue Origin. Yeah. So it's probably not a surprise to them, but I didn't see it coming. I thought he was going to keep crushing it at both. Um, but yeah, so he stepped down. The CEO of Amazon Web Services is taking over this summer. That's Andy Jassy. So he's the guy that, you know, orchestrated the CIA contract. He's been running the internet side of things. So I'm sure he's some kind of crazy intellect as well. Have you heard about the controversies with the minimum wage in Amazon recently? I did hear that. Uh, I think it was 2018 when Bernie Sanders like made like the Stop Bezos Act and then yeah. all the letters stood for something like, I don't know. Bezos exploiting something, something, something. <laughs> but anyway, then they pu very publicly raised the minimum wage to 15 US dollars. Okay, yeah, but now there's controversy about that. Have you oh, heard the no. new one? Okay, Fill well, like the in the States, they're talking a lot about raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. But then recently, Amazon raised their minimum wage to $15 an hour. But people are really upset because now a lot of businesses are losing employees and they can't afford to employ their employees $15 an hour. And all those employees are going to Amazon where they're guaranteed $15 an hour. And I think the federal minimum wage right now in the States is like $7.50. So they're making like double at Amazon. So everyone's their employees are leaving now and going to Amazon. So the fear is that Amazon is just going to become even more dominant because all these smaller companies aren't going to be able to pay their employees as much as Amazon is able to pay their, pay their employees because they're not billion-dollar corporations that have the ability to pay their employees $15 an hour. It's amazing, really. It's a double-edged sword because they're, like, they're closing brick-and-mortar stores, mm -hmm. both with products and with employees. Yeah. And, like, obviously, we want people to be paid more because that's, like, the standard of living now. But at the same point in time, Yeah, there's been arguments against else. the $15 wage for sure, which has some How merit. How do people ever decide what to do? I don't know. It is complicated. And, yeah, so, like, I don't know. But Bernie Sanders, like, applauded them raising it to $15 because he thinks, like, everyone should. So he was happy that they, like, responded to his demands basically <laughs> but, but there's trump, consequences trump criticized them said they need to break up anti-competitive uh, practices elon musk said amazon needs to be broken up which of course really makes jeff bezos mad well it's interesting because we also talked about mm -hmm. facebook monopoly exactly. so yeah at what point is someone gonna call monopoly on amazon it's monopoly city over here <laughs> yeah it definitely monopolizes like my uh where i shop at for sure a hundred percent yeah, me as well. It's like my first place that I would go. Um, okay, I have another question, which is how good was COVID for Jeff Bezos? Like everyone's saying that like he won so big because of this. And like, is that actually true? Um, even if there wasn't a pandemic, I think they would have kept owning it because every year people bought more Amazon packages every single year since they started. Yeah. Um, but definitely like it had to have made an impact. It's like to your door delivery people can't leave it only makes sense toilet paper they have they like they have so many essentials on there yeah well i figured i just i was curious if that's actually <laughs> true or if that's just what people are saying <laughs> yeah yeah and we have to see but basically he stepped down and he said that he was doing that to um prioritize blue origin and his other initiatives that poor CEO of Blue Origin, when he, now he has Jeff Bezos, like his full-time job is just making sure he meets these unrealistic timelines mm -hmm. of getting people into space in 2018. So Jeff Bezos was like, 
you need me on your back 24-7 because you're not doing things fast enough for me. They were supposed to have a launch in 2017, in 2018, in 2019, in 2020. And in 2020, the guy said, this isn't happening. 2022 is more realistic. And Bezos said, absolutely not. Like, we're going to do this. And then he basically, they're they're waiting for quarter four 2022 or something to do this. So, yeah, they've well, I hope fa- they get along okay now that they're <laughs> spending like 24-7 together. And that's the thing. <laughs> People are wondering what he's going to do with the company because he's not going to be the CEO. He's just going to be like there. And famously, he spent one day a week at Blue Origin like, Already? For years and years and years, just to, like, rally. Yeah, well, the one day a week wasn't enough because people have not <laughs> been in this space commercially yet. So, yes. obviously, he needs to spend five and days a week And he there. really wants to provide that great customer service for people. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> That's, like, his driving force, publicly at least. Um, and, yeah, like, long term, he plans to colonize and develop resources in space. And the short long term, the 2020s is when his project Blue Moon is going to be like potentially the NASA lander. It's his favorite color, blue? Well, it's like once in a blue moon. He did it, you know. Yeah, no, but it's also Blue <laughs> Origins. Well, and that's because of the blue planet, Earth. So it's just coincidence that both have the name blue in yeah, them. No, it's, it's not it's actually his favorite color. Okay, well, I, well, it might be his favorite color, but I don't know. Whether it's his favorite color or not, the blue is the theme that they're going with you for now. you think Elon Musk's favorite color is? I don't know. Red, maybe because that was his car that he sent to space. Could be red. I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just can't help but always compare them now. Um, well, yeah, they want di- they want different things, and they're fighting a little bit. Um, but SpaceX is still ahead and doing better and has actually launched payloads and stuff. Um, but, yeah. And if you're wondering, the two flagship uh, Blue Origin rockets, there's the New Shepard which is named after the first American that went to space, and he also walked on the moon in 1971. And then the new Glenn, which is named after a different astronaut whose origin story I don't know. Yeah. Well, I like those names after <laughs> astronauts. That seems nice. Whereas at SpaceX, you've got the Falcon 9 rocket. Yeah. Falcon 9. It's cool in its own way. But it doesn't yeah, have, the, doesn't have the homey American heritage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, do you have any info on, like, what are, well, okay, obviously the origins, but what are, like, Amazon-specific goals for um, domination of the whole uh, shopping industry? Well, I think that their goals are, have transcended shopping. I think they want to continue to dominate the internet and have, like, a third of all internet traffic at all times and more. You know what I mean? They're I think they're a heavyweight now, and they're bigger than Facebook, I think, and they're going to be competing with Google and their top, 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 top contenders going forward. I just find it so weird that they can be in competition because I know this isn't how it works, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like they should only have access to the things that I'm searching. And I search way more things on Google and I like Facebook would have way more of my preferences than just Amazon does. Like when I use my Amazon app, I'm only buying things. So I just... Like that whole data thing, it just confuses my brain because well, I just feel weird that a store could have more information about me than social media that hosts all my friends and all the things that I'm interested in. And Google that hosts, at this point, every other thing I do, including searching for Amazon on Google. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you can always just rest assured that they know a little more than you think they do at all times. And there's trackers and cookies that follow you around the web that are from Amazon. When you put the app on your phone, there's a terms and conditions. I haven't read it just like everyone else. There could be a clause in there that gives them additional permissions to monitor your phone activity. And Google does similar things like that. So they're listening. And also Amazon Alexa, 
um, they're around as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Google wants to listen to your voice, and it's the same as a Google search. It's just out loud, and they want they want it. If you guys don't know, sometimes Ryan gets into really heated fights with Alexa. It's, it gets kind of bad. <laughs> well, it, like, I mean, the reason I'm I'm so into Amazon is the convenience, just like everyone else. So, I like, I mean, if the product worked a little better, I would be more inclined to use it. If it's going to steal my privacy, I want it to work. You know what I mean? Understand the things, I, the simple commands yes, that I'm giving. Yes, you're asking for basic things. Yeah, I asked to play a single <laughs> news organization and it plays one from a different country. That's like completely unrelated. It doesn't even have the same syllables. Well, I'm sorry. That's okay. You can file your complaints with Jeff Bezos, who doesn't care. Well, I, okay. <laughs> one more fun <laughs> Jeff Bezos fact. He uh, has been known to respond to people's emails actually. Oh, wow. Okay, we should try (laughs) that just to see what happens. But he's also been extremely secretive and only let journalists into Blue Origin like one or two times. Same with the Amazon warehouses. Ooh. They're locked down. Wow. It's a little bit not surprising. (laughs) Well, I'm ready. the stories I hear. (laughs) I'm ready to lock down this episode. All right. Sounds good with me. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.